Get ready for a no BS approach to health and fitness. This is NBS Fitness Radio. All right, what's up? Welcome back to NBS Fitness Radio. I am here with the one and only Madre, a.k.a. Jenny Allen, a.k.a. my mom. So welcome to the NBS Fitness Radio. Happy to be here. I'm glad you invited me to join you in this little soiree that we're going to do. Absolutely. Um, so um, let's. I'd like to kind of get a background. I'll give it a brief introduction, and then I want to talk a little bit more about your history. So um, I remember probably about 13 years ago, you were having some shoulder pain, and I said, you should come train with me. Uh, train with me, mom. I had just started doing personal training at that point. Uh, and I said, you should, should come work out with me. I believe I can kind of fix your shoulder pain because I, be, uh, I said, I think it's a strength issue. And you said, um, I'm pretty strong. I'm the strongest lady at jet or I use the most, the heaviest weights at jazzercise. And I said like, well, like, well, how heavy are they? And you're like, like sevens or tens or something like that. I said, oh, sevens. There sevens. Were sevens. Yeah, sevens. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, I think we can make you a little bit stronger than that. Uh, and then pretty much ever since then you've been training, you know, with me or at MBS fitness, um, and have been definitely the most consistent person we've, I've ever had, and we've, uh, as a company, have, has ever had. But I'd like to kind of go back to, like, your childhood and just kind of talk about fitness and activity uh, in your life from from the very beginning. So what was that like for you growing up? As a child, I, I never played team sports or anything like that. It really wasn't part of, of my growing up. I was in a small town. There weren't many team sports, and as I recall, wasn't something girls did very much. Right. Um, so I didn't really do that. I rode horses and those kinds of things. Played outdoors all the time. But it was it was not focused. Um, it was just playing. Right, just activity, activity and play. Yeah, it was not anything like that. Um, in high school, I got kind of interested in um, diving, springboard diving. Okay. And gymnastics. And I took a couple of short um, courses at UT Knoxville while I was in high school. And it was um, like the um, non-class courses. Gotcha. So my mom took me up there, and I I did those. I liked them. They were really, really hard, Um, especially gymnastics was really hard. And I was probably 15, so way too old for that. Did they have PE? Do you recall doing PE in, in middle school and high school? Not in middle school because okay. we did not have a gymnasium. Okay. We went outside and played. Like recess. Just played. Yeah, yeah. No, okay. it wasn't anything. In high school, we had to have PE. I remember <laughs> I remember having to play softball. I didn't like that. <laughs> I couldn't hit it. Okay, <laughs> I mean, yeah. It just didn't mean anything to me at all. I liked dance. Yeah. We had to do dance. I remember doing, that was about the same time I was taking diving. Okay. So yeah. I remember having to do push-ups and things like that, but it was really, it may have been like exercising, like R- jumping right. jacks, <laughs> that Calisthenics. kind of thing. Cal- exactly. But was, was it was it the in your entire high school? Or was it like because right now it's just one semester out uh, out of four years of high school is the only requirement? Do you remember like if it was that or more than that? 
It seems like it was every year, but yeah. I wouldn't swear to that. Okay. Because it seems like as seniors, we probably didn't have to do it. Seems like we did. <laughs> seems like we did driver's ed instead okay. of it. Yeah. Okay. That makes That's sense. That's been a, a few years ago. Okay. So I don't really remember. Yeah. Like yeah, it's just a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. So then you kind of were introduced to like diving, gymnastics. Um, what happened once you left high school, went to college? I went to college. I, I, when I went to LSU, I started working toward maybe uh, trying out for diving. Didn't end up doing that. I knew I was not going to make that. It wasn't good enough. You had to have, it's like in gymnastics, you have to have many, many years experience to get into that. And so I, I worked out with them for a while and then, passed on that then I did what everybody else does in college which was mainly drink and party right <laughs> that's what LSU is good for yes and that's why I came back to UT after my first year at <laughs> LSU <laughs> was because I drank and partied I didn't fail but I I needed a, um, a reboot gotcha okay. so I came back to UT um, then at UT I drank and partied for the most part I remember playing studied a little more <laughs> I, I passed um I don't think I ever made the dean's list, but I didn't fail. Um, I think the only thing we ever did much of was uh, play racquetball, okay, handball, paddleball, that kind of thing. Just like as friends, yeah, yeah, just buddies out on the on the rec courts. Okay, but I don't remember doing anything other than that. Okay, and then you know when you graduate college and you go to work, you don't do anything. Yeah, you just spend all day yeah. working. Yeah. So. Okay. So. Uh, Early early youth, very active throughout high school, so so active doing things in college, still being active at night with most uh, or a lot of twenty year olds. Like once you get into the workplace, now you don't have as much free time and you're focused on work, and then that kind of goes down. Um, <clears throat> when uh, when did it kind of start coming back? And now I'll let you kind of talk about. It. I'll I'll kind of pitch in what I remember. What you remember. Yeah, because yeah, what you remember is different than what I remember. Uh, I'm sure, and that's why <laughs> this is a, it's very interesting and fun for me to kind of like have this conversation. It's like, I don't think I've ever even talked to you about like what your fitness was like as a youth. Oh, yeah. You know, like I, no, I, we haven't. Um, Not so, that I recall. No. So, okay. Uh, so, yeah, when, when did you, when do you recall like starting back up again? I want to say it was after, after I, after y'all were born, and I stayed at home with y'all for a year, for a few years, and I think it was after Ben was born that I got into, I think that's when I got into Jazzercise. Okay. And I did that for, probably wasn't more than a, definitely wasn't more than two years. It was probably a year or so, because I remember taking y'all with me, and y'all would have to be in the little nursery while I did Jazzercise. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so that would have been in your late twenties, early thirties. Where y'all born? <laughs> early thirties. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. By the time y'all were toddlers, that I could take you there for babysitting. Right. Okay. You would have been. I would have been in the early thirties. So. Gotcha. Okay. And then you were probably six. No. Maybe in five. And that's when behavior and discipline and those kinds of things begin to kick in. And somehow or another, I got the 
um, information about martial arts. Right. As a one way to help kids learn discipline. Because I remember, I have no idea how I found the place, but I remember one of the questions they asked was, does the child know this left from his right? Hmm, okay. Because that matters in right when you're instructing Taekwondo. So I enrolled y'all into, you into Taekwondo to get you a little more discipline. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that you were terrible, but you needed a little guidance. Um, All right. Note to self, my first kid, <laughs> we're introducing <laughs> them to martial arts. Martial arts. <laughs> well, it, it's a... It's a, a level of discipline that's different yeah. than other sports and in and parenting and that kind of thing. Right. It's very ingrained in everything they do. So and then of course when I took you, I got interested in it. Okay. So probably So I actually did it first and then you started doing yes. it? Okay. Yeah. I I did not go until you know, I would take you and I would watch and I got interested in it so okay. I, I said okay I want to give this a try so I did that for I think eight years yeah it was long after y'all stopped a significant a significant period of time because I think I did taekwondo through either sixth or seventh grade um maybe sixth grade sixth grade sounds about right which is what 10 11 it's about 12 12? Okay, yeah, yeah, Something 12. Something like that. Yeah, so that was, yeah. Because I think I made you. You made me get my black belt. Get your black belt. Yep. <laughs> I made you stay for that. Ben got through blue, I think, and then I let him quit. And I got a, a second degree black yeah. belt. So I was there several years after y'all were gone. Okay. would instruct and not only do my own, but I also was instructing. Okay, so you were actually a Taekwondo instructor. Yes. Okay. Now, see, I have no recollection of that. Do you remember my gi had a red stripe? Yes. That's an instructor stripe. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, my version of that, what <laughs> I recall, <laughs> is um, I don't, I do not recall jazzercise at all. No, I you, you were you were little. Yeah, and 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 I do remember taekwondo pretty vividly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I remember going to tournaments and like watching you compete in tournaments a little bit. And I remember you doing like, uh, I think taking your second degree black belt, uh, not course or, uh, whatever. The testing. Was, the testing. Yeah. <coughs> I think y'all were, yeah, y'all were there. Yeah. No Larry was. Yeah. And I, I remember, remember all that. I remember you doing class while, uh, Ben and I or myself or whoever, um, was like sitting there watching and like getting yelled at, you know, for, for, for what? not sitting still or oh, <laughs> whatever yeah. it would be. I Was I instructing with y'all or? I, I don't think you were. I don't ever recall being coached by you. Yeah, I don't think. I, any, it, uh, note to self for you later, don't ever coach your own children. No, I want to be, anything. I want to be their, their biggest fan and not a coach. Um, yeah, they yeah. don't, they'll be terrible for you. Y'all were. I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't recall, I don't recall being instructed by you or ever watching you instruct, but I do remember, yeah, like I do, re- like I do remember your gi. Was that what it called? A gi, mm-hmm. yeah, gi with the red stripe and the black belt with the two. And I think they were sewed, like gold they were stripes, embroidered, mm-hmm. yeah, embroidered gold, gold yeah. stripes. <laughs> yeah, and I, rem- I remember that like pretty vividly. Funny story. I remember, like, <laughs> going into, oh man, uh, who was the owner? 
Gordon Cummings. Yeah. Was it Dr. Cummings or Mr. No, Cummings? Yeah, Mr. Cummings. Mr. Cummings. I remember going to Mr. Cummings' office and like he had like a little drawer with change in it. And like I was like, oh, sweet, like a bunch of quarters, grabbing quarters out of his drawer and then putting them into the candy machines and like getting candy. And I guess you guys just saw me like going back and forth, getting like handfuls of candy and kind of figured like, what's, what's this kid doing? Like, what's going on? And then just getting like really. In tr- big time trouble, trouble for, for ba- stealing. basically stealing, yes. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> Those are the things that <clears throat> that you're you lose, re- you don't recall because it's for your own protection. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> when your children are so bad, that's very true. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, so yeah, I totally remember taekwondo and that being, yeah, like I think other than just play my earliest like introduction to any type of organized fitness to a degree yeah or or I remember we all played t-ball yeah i remember playing sports but like i mean it's like more like organized fitness type of stuff yeah um and so then i remember yeah i stopped playing in like sixth sixth grade because around that time like other sports were kind of like taking over mm-hmm. baseball basketball hockey i remember and so well, we, we you probably ended when you got your black belt, and I said, "Okay, you, you don't have to go back." Yeah, uh, because it was it was very time intensive. I remember yes, it being like it's extremely multiple time days mm-hmm. a week, and then it it was making it so I couldn't do other stuff basically. Yeah, because there's no season to it; it's year round, right? All the time. There's no. It's not like baseball sports, team sports, where there are seasons to it. You're on all the time. Right. Uh, so okay, then around what time did you stop doing it? I think I stopped, I want to say I got my second degree not too long after I started back to work full-time. Okay. I, that seems right. I'd have to look at the dates. but. And I think I, I did not give it up until I got my second degree because I wanted to finish that. But I could not do at that at that high level, you can't do that and work full time. Yeah, I don't think you can't keep it up. So and and you can't instruct. Yeah. So I I think I made that milestone and said okay I put that notch in my belt and I'll now I got to go to work. Okay. So, and y'all were I think y'all were in kindergarten and first grade when we went back to work full time. Okay. Maybe something like was that. Was it that big a gap between? You stopping and us start stopping? Probably at least, probably at least two or three years. But you stopped. You stopped first, and then we stopped. No, I, y'all stopped first. What's that? We 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 stopped in like I mean I stopped in sixth grade, so yeah, or fifth or sixth grade. I, I it was definitely middle school. And maybe yeah okay. Anyways, uh, so went back to work. Stopped doing taekwondo. Did you do anything after that? Seems like the next thing I did was I went back. I think I went back to Jazzercise at some point, but it was several years later. So there was I a think. there was a gap there between like where you weren't necessarily doing any type of like yeah. focused fitness, right? Do you recall like how that impacted you at all? No, what? I was too busy working <laughs> and dealing with you people. <laughs> uh, and well, and. So much of what you do as a parent at that age is drive people around yeah. and go to their events. Yeah. So there's not any time for your events. Right. I think I, I want to say I took golf lessons and did that a little bit. That takes way too much time. Okay. 
Um, yeah, so kind of what I remember about that whole period of time, which is I remember being a very active family in the sense that we were all we were always going from sports to this thing to yeah, that your thing. Your sports. Our <laughs> sports, right. I remember dad <laughs> playing uh, softball growing up, and then I remember him yeah. doing yeah. Um, I remember doing him doing softball, doing you doing taekwondo, doing taekwondo with you. I remember um, getting into hockey and like dad mm-hmm. playing hockey with us, and then playing on yeah. dad's hockey team for a little bit. Um, and then then it kind of seemed like seventh and eighth grade was like primarily hockey and baseball. baseball. And then I remember we would go, we were we would go and do things as a family a lot. I remember going on a bunch of camping trips and going and doing like scouting trips. I remember doing the Okoe, I think, and you know hiking. And I remember that was all scouting, so I probably wasn't there. <laughs> no, well, I'm pretty sure like you did the Okoe with us. I remember you went to Yellowstone with us. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So like that, that was a scouting thing, but I went with. Yeah. I went along. I rem- well, and I remember us going and like skiing together as a family. Oh yeah, like, yeah. kind of doing oh, that. Yeah. So we like did that. being very active. Like I don't recall spending a ton of time watching TV or no. sitting inside a lot as a family. I remember like being outside playing a lot or going and doing things. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, we did the what every American family does is Saturday morning cartoons. But yep. back then, that's the only time they were on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah, we. We weren't very much TV watchers, not compared to the way I think a lot of people are. Right, so yeah. So I, like we I, I recall being people. active and being, like, exposed to a lot of activity. Not necessarily working out. No, it uh, was activity. Yeah. And in seventh grade, I remember, or maybe a little bit before that, I remember there was, like, a, like a 1970s set of weights that were <laughs> upstairs. And I think I, yeah. I, I remember, like... I, I'm pretty sure they were like 20 pounds, but like I couldn't do it. I remember dad doing a curl with them and being like, whoa, he's <laughs> the strongest man alive. <laughs> and just being like blown away that he could like do a curl, pick up that. I, I, it was like, it was like the cement weight set or like that you, you know, a 10 pound plate's like this big. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. filled with cement. I think it was red. But I just remember, like, him putting the, the two big 10 pounds on each side, like, doing a curl. Like, doing a curl. that's okay. super strong. Yeah. Well, you were seventh grade, so you hadn't even. Right. Really I think it was before that. I think I was in, like, fifth or sixth grade. Yeah. So I do it. Then in seventh grade, I started getting, like, interested uh, in doing right, it. Yeah. And I remember y'all purchased the first weight set, and then Dad giving me a, like, a weight training book from the 50s. And then <laughs> that was probably his dad's. Yes, it came out of the basement. From yes, grandpa's house. And then, like, just doing the exercises that were in the book, okay. uh, and like with no rhyme, just every day, just doing doing those. And then I remember the weight set. It was like a pull down machine and a bench like this. And I broke. I remember the bench. Yeah. I broke the weld. And like the, I broke the weld and it like fell down. And I remember being like, "Oh crap!" Is that when we? I run. I remember running up the steps. That was thinking the, you had killed yourself. Yeah, that was on the second time, and I'll t- <laughs> I'll tell you about that. So, and so I remember going to dad and going like, oh, "Dad, uh, I, I I broke the weight mm-hmm. set." And yeah, he I was like, that. "That's awesome." Then <laughs> 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 so we'll get you another one. <laughs> Surprised <laughs> he didn't make you pay for it. You're right. He, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, we'll get you another one. You can owe me two thousand hours of yard work. But yeah, yeah. He, he goes. Uh, he was like, "Oh, really?" Oh, that's awesome. Okay, like, we'll get you another weight set. And then getting another weight set. And the thing I recall with that was, like, I was bench pressing, 
without a spotter, couldn't do any more reps. And, like, I was like, uh-oh. And it started coming down. And, like, I remember going, I caught my chin and being like, oh, what am I going to do? And then I didn't put the collars on each side. <laughs> and I just, and then you came running upstairs. And you were like, what is going on? And I was like, well, I'm okay. Yeah, I recall that very much. No collars, no spotter. <laughs> you broke all the rules. Because I, I, I think we were in the, I want to say I was either in the laundry room or the garage, which is directly under yeah, where that, that where, room where, was. Yeah. And so it, when it, it sounded like. The entire the roof whole, falling. Yes. And I, something is not right. Yes. And I bolted up the steps. To yeah. Well, it scared the crap out of me. Good. Uh, yeah, to, to the point where I was like. And, well, and unfortunately, it wasn't like I was like, oh, man, that was close. I should bench with a spotter from here on out. It was more like, okay, so the next time I do this. Put the collars on. No, no, I probably need to make sure I don't use the collars and then just strategize how to, like, dump this off every time. And, like, I set up safety pins or something to, like, so I could dump it. Because I remember being like, oh, okay, from here on out, I'll just bring it to my chest and I'll just dump it off my chest every time. Like, (laughs) That we, we could take this podcast into like oh a God. really bad spot where I tell you all the things no, I did no. from a training standpoint that you don't want to know no, about. No. Um, There's some things that ignorance is bliss when it comes to parents. You just don't want to know. You you'll you'll find that out. I believe. And there's it. nothing dumber than a than a eighth grader? <laughs> eighth grade boy. Um okay, so yeah, that's kinda what I remember about growing up <clears throat> in middle school and high school and I, I don't recall you really doing any training when I was in high school? It would have only been maybe some jazzercise. Okay. As far as I remember. Okay. And I went to college, and and of course I was in college, so I don't know what was going on. Came back, and that, and I think you were doing jazzercise pretty regularly at that point. (coughs) So, um, so kind of middle, when I was in middle school, so I've been, you're, 40-ish, probably. I can't do math. Okay. Let's Not without f- a calculator. Let's say late Even thir- that's what I do for a living. <laughs> late 30s, 40s, yeah. and then uh, f- 50s would have been when I was in uh, college and, and in my 20s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <coughs> um, so um, during that period, you kind of picked back up jazzercise and kind of like started going a little bit yeah. more. Yeah. Okay. Um. And then, so, okay, I, I kind of gave my, uh, what I remembered about you kind of starting training with me. Like, what do, what do you remember about all that? I don't remember the the shoulder issue. I do remember feeling like I wanted to see what it was about that you were doing. Okay. I was curious to see what it was you did. Um, I want to say you were probably making fun of me. That is 100%. Uh, accurate, I'm pretty sure about that, which that wasn't going to do. So I think I wanted to see what you were doing that would make you stop making fun Okay. Of so there's more just of a curious. So, like, I remember you, I think I was making fun of you because of the weights. Like, like I was like, Jazzercise that is sounds not. familiar. I was like, Jazzercise is not fitness or something like that. Is probably no, what I'm I sure said. it was 
abusive, whatever it was. And I remember, I do specifically remember you telling me you used the heaviest weights. And I was like, well, how much, how heavy are the heaviest weights? You're like seven pound seven. weights that, like, that are right sitting up in this gym right now are my <laughs> yeah. seven pound weights. Thank you very much. That's awesome. I didn't know that. There's, <laughs> there's, there's green ones? There's green ones. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, that's, I didn't know that. That's perfect. Um, I'm sure they're mine. <laughs> okay. So, so then you started training with, with, uh, for, with me in the group more out of a curiosity of kind of like what I was doing, what I was into and all that. See what it was all about. Because you were, you were, you had started personal training at the Germantown Center. Mm -hmm. You had by then, I think a pretty good clientele uh, built up there. Mm -hmm. Um, It was close by. I remember saying uh, it was just one-on-one training and you said, I said, I want to do it early so I can go into work early. You said, well, I'll go, we'll do 515. I'm going to hate it, but I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> so we did 515 for a while. And, and then I, you joined the, the group. The group was, yeah. were they at six? They were at s- something like that. I think they were like Monday, Wednesday, Friday at six. S- and okay. I think yeah. you were either like Tuesday, Thursday at 515 or something. You eventually joined, joined them. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Because I remember it wasn't too long before I switched over to the group. I do remember... I couldn't lift, I couldn't bench press the bar. I guess that was a 45 bar. Oh, okay. I remember struggling with it. And it had those I don't remember that. little aluminum, kind, I guess they're aluminum bars. They were probably 15 pounders mm-hmm. that we would do. It was probably overhead press or something okay. like that. Yeah. We had to pop down to that, you know, for me to be able to lift it. I remember, let's see, I I was real excited about deadlift, and I can't remember how much it was. It probably, it's probably when I got over a hundred or something. I said probably like ninety five or hundred, like when like you, you got to use like mm-hmm. the actual bumper plates at some point or something. Yeah, I th- it seems like it. Okay. I I, re- I think what I really I remember the group. I remember all the people. Yeah. Um, and that it was fun. Yeah. It was fun to, um. <laughs> it was fun. Because what you were training was not what the other trainers were training, like tire flipping and stuff like that right. and sled pulls. and It seemed like the pe- other people in the gym were watching, like, what are they doing? Yeah. I'm watching Fox News and on the treadmill, and those people are flipping tires. Yeah. Pushing yeah. trucks. Yeah. We pushed a car. Yeah. Um, I remember duck walking to up and down the hall. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Well, another part I remember later on was when we ended up for a short period of time in the in um, Crescent Center, the Crescent Center, and you made Jeff and me run the steps yeah. up to the ninth floor. Yeah. And we opened the door and we were like in the kitchen or something at <laughs> up in the um, Crescent Club. I'm like, oh, hmm, it's probably <laughs> I think we were going to ride the elevator down <laughs> and run back down. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> yeah. So, so um, you know, kind of o- over your history, you've kind of you know dabbled a little bit. You kind of like mm-hmm. did this for a little while, yeah. then did this for a little while, and then this, did this for a little while. And this this is something you've stuck with. Maybe not the the, the style of training because we've changed the style up a little bit, but like uh-huh. you stuck with the kind of the core weightlifting is like and fitness development versus balancing from this thing to that thing. So, what do you think? Um, 
what do you think's kind of changed? Like, why is this something you've kind of like stuck with and solidified? You know, I haven't really haven't thought about it. I mean, a lot of it's that it's that it's here and it's you, but um, probably the biggest factor was my training partners mm-hmm. working with other people, which I I really like. Yeah. Um, having a I had Jeff for a long time partner. I don't remember how many years I had him. I mean, we've we been were together a long time. Germantown Center plus five, so yeah, something like six, that. Six, probably seven six years. years. So having that consistent um, partner helps a lot. But I, I do enjoy um, having the different people. Yeah, you, you feed off of each other much better. The other things were more individual to me, and I, I like individual sports. Taekwondo was more of a community. Mm-hmm. It's the closest thing to being more of a community yeah. than um, any of the other things I did, yeah. which may be why I did it longer. Um, and it was uh, th- the way you progress in Taekwondo always gives you a goal ahead. Right. So that makes a difference. Where there's, Because I didn't do team sports and that kinds of things, there wasn't really a, a goal to work toward. Right. Um, it was just fun. I yeah. liked, I liked, <clears throat> I think one of the things that helps feed me and has fed me through it has been, um, chasing the goal, the next thing, you mm-hmm. know, if it, you've said it before, if you give a mouse a cookie, he's going to want a glass of milk. milk. Yeah. You know, if you, if you hit this, well, you miss this weight this time keep going for it, finally you hit it, and, you know, that's a great feeling. That's yeah. really hard to duplicate, and it's very measured. Obviously, yeah. if I if I lifted, if I deadlifted 260, and then the next time I get 270, that's pretty darn measurable. <laughs> yeah, right. It's very objective. It, <laughs> very and you, can, yeah. you can see it, feel it, like mm-hmm. you know you're making progress. Yeah, and you get people uh, cheering you on. Um the 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 look of my physique is noticeably better. Yeah, uh, and and that sounds kind of um, like I'm patting myself on the back, but <coughs> I like looking. I like seeing my biceps. Well, yeah, you like you look good, yeah. feel good. Yeah, builds your I, confidence, makes you. All my life, but that my chest, you could see bones mm-hmm. across my chest. You can't see those bones anymore. Yeah. Um. Because there's no fat up there and there's no boobs up there, so it's all, it's all bones. But but now there's muscle on right. top of that, so it's it's more, it's just a, a more attractive look to me. Yeah. Um. I wear the same size clothes I've always worn. Yeah. I've never, other than being pregnant, same size out is when I got married. Wow, that's awesome. So, um, but I guess the what we've done. The kinds of workouts we've done have morphed and changed, and they're never the same. Mm-hmm. Um, they progress, try different things, do different things. So I like that. It keeps it fresh yeah. all the time, and it keeps it from being monotonous. It, monotonous. We don't get in a rut yeah. as much. Um, I was going to say, yeah, I think uh, one of the things – 
one of the things I think that is unique about you, and 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 I can definitely see this more now, having uh, been doing this over a decade, <coughs> is is um, you have been incredibly consistent. Um, and I'd like to talk about uh, I'd like to talk about that, but first I kind of want to talk about um, what uh, for a lot of people that just walk in now, like, like you know, they say, "Oh, Madre," and and they're like, "Oh man, Madre, Madre Strong, let's see your, see your name on the board or, or whatever it would be." And it's it's interesting to me uh, to kind of to go back and kind of go, "Oh, there was a period of time where you couldn't bench press the bar or like you couldn't deadlift a hundred pounds," and. Uh, like what? Like right now, your best deadlift is what two? I think it's two sixty five. I I can't remember if I got it at two seventy or if I had yeah. a miss at two seventy. Okay, and and that's a body weight of around what? Double. Yeah, double body weight, um, deadlift, and how old are you? Sixty four. Yeah, right. So double body weight deadlift at sixty four years old. Um, what's your best bench press? One hundred and ten. Okay, so almost doubled your bench press from below mm-hmm. 45 mm-hmm. or over doubled your bench press from be- not able to do 45 yeah. to be able to do 110. What's your best squat? 185. You didn't do 200 in wraps like in a, in a meet? No. Okay, for 185. Um, but, and how many powerlifting meets have you done? Maybe Five or six. Okay. Yeah, that something, sounds about right. Something in that range. And, uh, you know, that's something I thought about a minute ago that um, obviously when I get up at a, in a meet and I'm just a hair older than anybody else there. <laughs> right. I, I, I've gotten a lot, lots of positive feedback from particularly other women mm-hmm. in the bathroom or wherever. Yeah. You know, just um, more... Yeah, people saying that's awesome. I really, um, it's really neat to see you there. Which you can, I, I took it to mean that I'm an older female. We don't see too many of you old folks old up in here. here. Yeah. Well, and I've, I've told people too. I said, you know, how you win the meet is you outlive everybody else. Yeah, not outlive. You just outlive. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Guaranteed to show up and outlive everybody. That's mm-hmm. right. Um, well, yeah. What got me thinking is just like y- you've. You've been doing this mm, probably about 13 years now. Um, and you've just been exposed to a lot of different things. So we've, we've done kind of just general fitness training. We've done um, um, specific powerlifting training. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I've exposed you guys to like sprint training yep, before. And, uh, we've done, you've d- competed in powerlifting meets. Uh, we've gotten ready and done um, endurance races, um, mm-hmm. obstacle courses. Uh, did you do the CrossFit competition last year? Have you done it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you did. Yeah. yeah you've done CrossFit. The open? Not th- well, the Open, but uh, no, the one we put on. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think you did. Um, you've done. You've competed in CrossFit. And so, like, you've been exposed and, and done, like, so many things over these e- years. And, and um, you can see the progress that you've been able to make. Um, you know, and I think for a lot of people – it's hard for them to kind of project out like where I'll be in 10 years. Cause they're just, it's just like where I am right now. And Oh man, like I'll just, I'm not going to reach this level. Um, and it's hard. Uh, and so sometimes they'll kind of look at you and go like, man, like Madre is like up here and I just want to be like Madre one day. And it's, I think it'd be cool for them to kind of hear like, well, I, I had a first week of training too. 
Oh, it sucked. Yeah. I had a first <laughs> week of training. There was mm-hmm. a time where I couldn't deadlift, you know, oh, yeah. w- 100 pounds. Um, but I just had to stick with it. And over those years, I've been able to kind of build up, build up, build up. So I think it's co- it would be cool for people to kind of hear, uh, oh, yeah, like Madre, even though you've been kind of like a fixture of this facility since the beginning because you've been here before we, we even opened, that uh, you know, there was a first day for you. Oh, yeah. And you've had those struggles and felt those same things and and kind of just been consistent and stuck with it over the years. And so that's kind of what I talk about. It's kind of like uh, the consistency. Um, there's You definitely have, have been in attendance and been to the gym more days at MBS Fitness than any other person that's ever been here. <clears throat> and I, we've had some people who are very serious yeah. weightlifters. Um, what I, what I kind of tend to see is, uh, there's a, usually about a three-year timeline for most competitive lifters, whether that be strongman, powerlifting, bodybuilding. Typically, they'll kind of be introduced to it. They're like, this is amazing. They'll kind of pour everything into it. They'll, they'll get after it. They'll, um, they'll have their first meet. This is what I do forever. And they'll kind of go up, 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 up. And after about three years, that they'll kind of fall off. Yeah. And they'll kind of just stop working out. Or uh, on the other side, um, for a lot of people who are – struggling to kind of um or, or want to be fed uh, uh, and kind of introduce it to for the first time or kind of on and off N- we typically see you know that struggle point after about three months it's, t- it's very difficult mm-hmm. for people to kind of like continue after three months usually in, within a three-month period something's going to happen in their life that's going to be kind of a a curveball that's going to be a challenge for them yeah. and they either get through it and they continue on or they you know, they, they let that kind of knock them off the wagon. Um, so what are some things, what are some, some advice that you could give to people uh, that that has helped you be consistent, whether that be like mindset or some specific um, routines that you have? Like what has helped you be co- so consistent and basically train, you train five days a week, mm-hmm. every week, except when you're on vacation or sick. I'm and, never sick. And, right. And you don't ever get <laughs> sick. And that's been that way. For 13 yeah. years. So you're five I days a week, 13 years. Might have skipped because I was sick less than, probably can count less than one hand. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can recall times that you've missed workouts, like definitely that were non vacation related. Mm-hmm. Yeah, usually I'm going to work. Less than two, two hands. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I would, a um, couple of things with being consistent that some of that is, is just part of the kind of person I am. Mm-hmm. I, when I, if I commit to something, especially if I say it, I'm, I will do it. Yeah. Um, if I pay for it, I will do it. And I've always paid you exactly like I pay everybody else. Yep. Th- th- it's not free. Part of that is a self-induced reason to show up. Accountability. I'm putting yeah. money towards this, yeah. so I better yeah. do it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, it, it, and that's why I've always told you, you know, I pay what everybody else pays because that's my... That's my buy-in, literally. Um, but I've, I've always been a kind of a person who is pretty methodical mm-hmm. and consistent. Um, I think some of it may be really chalked up to timing in my life mm-hmm. because I started after my children yeah. were um, didn't need day-to-day care anymore. I had a job that was 
the hours were consistent. Yep. I, and I didn't have um, some of the life issues that um, get in the way of other things. Yeah. yeah other, you know, family care or elder care, that kind of thing. Um, I think a big thing for me being consistent is I always do it first thing in the morning. It there's it's first thing, nothing else gets in the way because after <coughs> after work hours, that's when there's meetings, there's that somebody wants to go out to dinner or whatever. Nobody's gonna do that at six AM. No right. <laughs> yeah. So uh you don't have to interrupt what you're doing at work or at home or whatever to come in to the gym. Yeah, there's no potentials for things to pop up. You have control yep. of the first hour yep. of your day. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and doing it first thing in the morning, you <coughs> you haven't, <laughs> your hair is a mess, and nobody cares if your makeup's on, you're going to do all that later. Yeah. Um, staying with it, um, because it's morphed and changed and been interesting, and I've had partners whose company I just plain old enjoy. Yeah. I, d- I don't know of any partner we've ever worked out with that I didn't enjoy just hanging out with them. Yeah, being um, around. Being around. They're, they're, it's just fun. Yeah. It's fun to see them progress. It's fun to um, razz each other. Yeah. You know, encourage each other, you know, positively or negatively, whatever it takes. It, it, <laughs> that's kind of one thing I kind of tell people is like, <laughs> The things that happen at gym don't ever happen ever anywhere else in real life. You can't talk shit to someone at work without getting oh no, without hurting their feelings or getting yeah. in trouble. And likewise, at work, there's not a bunch of people giving you no. high fives yeah. and going like, "Man, that was awesome! Mm-hmm. So proud of you!" Like, exactly. let's take a picture of that. Let's highlight that. Yeah, it never happens in work. It's it's there's there's none of that. Oh and yeah. So like, you, you don't, don't even get a golf clap. Yeah. And so <laughs> it's like, um, I think people like tend to forget what it's like to be told "good job." Or be told, like, hey, suck it up and do better. You're yeah. being a lazy ass. Well, and, <clears throat> and it, it is motivating. Yeah. It is motivating. When you you know what that feels like to be motivated by that kind of um, interaction, then you can, you know, you want to encourage other yeah. people in the same way. I remember when we went to Israel a couple of years ago, <laughs> and I went to the weight room. And I said, you know, trash talk is the same in Arabic or whatever they were speaking as it is in English. You, yeah, I mean, you just hear it. Yeah. You know it when you hear it. They're trash talking each other. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, um, go ahead. Well, the, the variety in what we've done, being able to see um, pretty consistent and steady progress. Yeah. That keeps you going, and and I think something that when you've done it consistently enough and long enough, you run into those days where it just ain't happening that day. Yeah, and it doesn't get under your skin. Yeah, too much. Um, I I remember, especially at the meets, that I remember worrying, what if I what if I miss the lift? Well, then I watched everybody say, everybody misses their lift. I mean that's kind of the whole point, because uh, if you don't miss it, then you you may be undershot it, so that you wouldn't feel self conscious about missing a lift. So you you're better able to weather a day when 
everything's firing right and it works and days when it doesn't and it doesn't it's nothing in the world nobody's gonna win a car here today um (laughs) it's just something for you to chalk and say yeah i got it yeah i remember um it was deadlift and i got stuck at i think i got stuck at 205 pounds and i would you know it took me several months because that gets in your head yeah the in deadlift it does you know i uh, finally got over that lift and it was kind of like oh i finally got past that yeah and then 60 more pounds later yeah (laughs) yeah that's stopping me yeah um and that feeling that success that goes a long way yeah to keep you keep you coming yeah i've been i think i'm in 25th year or something like that of training uh, like myself being mm-hmm. exercising. Um, and one of the things I tell people is like, uh, well, I have a couple of jokes. I'll say, well, how, how many years does it take to look like you've been training for 10 years? Or like, you know, 10. Uh, 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 yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. 10. <laughs> but, um, I said like, you know, the, there's just, there's just th- some things that I can tell you that you're just not going to appreciate till you've been doing it for 25 mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's mm-hmm. just the reality behind it. You know, if yeah. you've been doing it as long as, as long as I have, like you just under have a better understanding. And some of that is weathering the storm a little bit and understanding that there's going to be highs and there's going to be lows and to not let th- your highs, uh, you know, get you too high, your lows get you too low because the most important thing is to just, keep doing it regardless yeah. and understand you're going to have good days and bad days. And either way, it's still a day that you, you trained and got better. Yeah. Uh, and, and I, I, I like y'all's analogy of the dimmer switch when, when you, you don't ever turn the light off, you just dim it up or down, particularly. Yep. Um, I think a l- I, I've known a lot of people that an injury has stopped them. Yeah. Um, Rather than working through the injury and working around it, modifying, um, they just they just give it up and say, "Well, I just can't do that, so I don't really do anything." Yeah, um, it's like the all or nothing approach is going to either lead to all, but it's usually going to lead to nothing. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's the way oh, it works. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And a lot of times, I find that to be more of a justification. It's either justification of their fear, like mm-hmm. injuries hurt and pain's bad, and we don't want to feel that again. Mm-hmm. So, like we justify it, our fear justifies like us. I don't want to risk it at all. Instead mm-hmm. of saying, instead of going like, I know I can still do stuff, or they're already struggling mentally with like the aspect of training, and it's just like, oh, this doctor's orders can't do this anymore. Oh yeah, I've got my prescription to not do it ever yeah. again. Yeah, yeah. I, I think a lot of people, um, some life event may happen. It may, may probably nothing to do with injury, but something happens, and then that habit gets thrown off track. Thrown off track. Yep. I like going to church. Yeah, you miss church a couple of three weeks in the in a row, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's six, easier to sit in. <laughs> it's easier to sleep in than it is to go back to church. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. it's easier to not go to the gym mm-hmm. than it is to go to the gym. Yeah, you know, people. I have people all the time, especially they've known me a long time ago. You still go to the gym five days a week? Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you brush your teeth twice a day? Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I do. Yeah, <laughs> because there's. There's there's more in the plus column than there is the minus column. Oh yeah, well, yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I can mm-hmm. give that. We'll ta- let's talk about that. So, what are some of the uh, what are some of the benefits that you feel that you get other than um, 
Because I think for a lot of people, it's like they think the benefits of exercise are like these kind of surface level benefits yeah. like, oh, you look better. Yeah. I'm like, well, yeah. y- yes. Or like, you feel better. You're healthier. All that kind of stuff. I'm like, those are all great benefits. Don't get me wrong. Like, those, mm-hmm. those come with the territory. But, but I think there's deeper things that are the real kind of root and foundation that make other reasons that I train other than which so like meaning like if if the only reason you train is so you look better I kind of made the joke like if the only reason to, for training is to look look better what happens if you have a deformity mm-hmm. what if you're just ugly as sin you know um you know what what you know if, th- if the only reason for training is that if the only reason for training is performance is that that's like the main thing what happens if you break your back and and can never walk again yeah. or, you or know, performance like well, COVID yeah. comes along and, and you can't go to a meet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, if it's only for social attention, what happens if you lose that? Like, mm-hmm. um, if it's only for health, if you, if you only exercise because, well, it makes me feel good. Like, well, what if something happens in your life that makes you feel bad? You don't exercise. So, I mean, so I think there's like, uh, those are great things that come with the territory, but like, th- I think there's kind of deeper things. So what are some of the things that you've, the benefits you've felt or seen or experienced uh, over these last 13 years outside of those um, that kind of motivate you to keep doing it? I think um, one thing, and it's an important thing, it kind of goes back to (coughs) pushing your boundaries past what you thought you could do. So like with my deadlift, stuck at 205 or whatever it was, <clears throat> when you break that boundary, push push that edge and keep pushing it, and you go past it and you conquer it. You know that that's a great feeling, and it, so many people have um, a very limited comfort zone of what they're willing to push to the edge. Yeah, and and doing it in the gym has transferred into other areas. Um, do something that you're, you know, I've, I've spoken in public before, but that kind of thing, if you, if, if speaking in public would be terrifying, doing something else that encourages you and, um, rewards you for pushing the edge will help you do other things such as public speaking that push you past that comfort zone. Yeah. We like our comfort zone, but pushing past it, not only um, it just helps you realize that you, there are things you can do that you don't think you can. Right. Um, and I think that's, a, that's a, a big one. Feeling comfortable enough with yourself to um, you can do something really hard and survive it. Yeah. Uh, even if you may not be successful with it the first time, it didn't kill you. Yeah. Which is what Andy tells me all the time. Well, you're still alive, aren't you? Did you die? No. no. Okay, well, then keep going. <laughs> <laughs> but um, just getting outside of what you might limit yourself with and having successes with that and having failures or failures with it later on may end up being successes. Yeah. Um, another thing that Yoshimi and I, my former partner, Yoshimi, who's 
just a hair younger than I am, um, have talked about was there's a feeling, and it may, being an older female may have something to do with it, but I attribute a significant amount of it to um, being consistent in the in the gym or working out is a feeling of well-being, an yeah. overall feeling of well-being. That's hard to define. It's it's like being comfortable in your own skin, maybe. Yeah. Comfortable that you can do something hard. Yeah. And um, comfortable doing something. <laughs> you know, if you do something in the gym that's really stupid and people laugh along with you when you do it and you do it anyway or whatever, just helps you get that feeling of, of support mm-hmm. and well-being that – um, you're not going to get it at work. Yeah, you'll get it at home. Um, but that's a that's a it's a very difficult thing to explain, but it's very noticeable. Yeah, and she and I both talked about it and noticed it. I think she's five or six years younger than me. That um, we both said um. Being real consistent in in our workouts and accomplishing something in the workout or progressing with the workout has made a big difference with that. Yeah. Something that's it's it's noticeable to us. I don't know that it's if it's noticeable to others. Well, confidence maybe. Yeah, we do know. I mean, so obviously there is a psychological impact of doing hard things, getting through it on the other mm-hmm. side. Um, <clears throat> of building yourself up in an area, doing things you didn't think you could previously thought you could do. But there's also there's also like a physiological physiological change. Like there are certain hormones that are produced that when you exercise that give you a sense of calm and a sense of uh, that work well and in some cases even better than like anti-anxiety drugs. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so it's the I think they work in the in a similar manner. Yes. And so if the opposite of, like, calm or confidence, you know, uh, the opposite of calm is anxiousness, you know, it helps give you that sense of, like, calmness, well-being. And that's both physiological, like, I just feel good, and also psychological. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I would agree. And, and, and a lot of that uh, um, does come from, from accomplishment, and you have a, a lot more opportunities here to test your boundaries mm-hmm. on a consistent, in a consistent way all the time and a way to progress onto the next level that's, um, gives that uh, very positive and immediate feedback. Yeah. That, that feedback loop that keeps you going um, and keeps you interested in it, but also keeps you um, with that keeps that feeling of, of well-being and confidence going yeah so I you know that's to me that's that's irreplaceable and I think when I when I look around at my um, cohorts in crime some of my my friends that are my age or, or close to my age and I see that they're they're encountering health issues, gaining weight. A lot of them. Um, 
aging the way the, the most of the Western um, or the U- U.S. and Western population ages. Um, and I think, that, you know, you, you've got a choice there. Yeah. You've got a choice. You can, and, and you're never too old because you hear, you hear a lot of that. Well, you know, it's too late for me to start that now. It's going, no. Well, Lenny no, didn't start to. I was going to say, we got a couple of guys <laughs> that, were, that were older. There, yeah. It's never too late. Um, it You have to, it's getting over to me, it's, hey, get them in the, in in the gym or anywhere, anywhere. Okay, so that's kind of be my next question. It's like, okay, um, sixty four year old women who exercise five days a week, who have healthy body fats, who are strong, who are in good shape, who don't take a bunch of medications and aren't aren't dealing with a bunch of issues, don't exist. Yeah, they do. I'm right here. Well, like <laughs> don't exist, but in very few instances. Yeah. In other words, like yeah. the vast majority of of people in your age group don't are, are incredibly unhealthy. Oh yeah. What do you What do you feel is like the biggest thing keeping them from taking that action? Because you and I know, and I would even, and I would even say that most of them know. That like the best version of their lives is it would be a healthy and fit one. That if they were fit or healthy, like they would feel so much better. They'd be able to experience so many more things. They wouldn't deal with these health issues. They would have that confidence and that well being. Like, uh, and I do think in some instances it is an idea of like, or it is a just lack of knowledge, but. Uh, for most people in the United States, they know they that know. they know that they would feel better and be better if they were fit. So, what is that sticking point that's keeping them from from taking some type of action? A couple of things I, I, that come to mind to me would be: I think there'd be um, a, a fear of embarrassment that they would come in and and. Um, quote make a fool of themselves in yeah. the gym because they were clumsy or they couldn't do what everybody else was doing um i, th- I think the biggest factor where the friction is 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 habit mm-hmm. they you know i eat the same thing for breakfast every day yeah i like my cereal i don't want to do anything else i wake up at this time every day i don't want to get up early yeah um, I like coming home after work and watching yeah. TV. Um, and, and, and I don't know how to crack that. Yeah. That nuts, the hardest one to crack to me is to change the habit. Yeah. Um, and then establish a new habit. Right. Like I said before, I am a person of habit. And changing that is really, really difficult. Um for anybody yeah um we, and we've seen folks that that have i think when they've come in and tried it out a little bit they it it probably appeared that the learning curve was insurmountable mm, yeah and, and we and i think y'all do a good job with that on on ramp where you ease somebody into a class because it would be real easy to walk into a class 
and go, I'll never be able to do that. Yeah. Not realizing that everybody else in there has been doing it 10 years and we still screw it up. Yeah. Or they've gone through the Kickstarter too and now they're six months down the road. Mm, yeah. yeah. And not to, not to give up too early. Yeah. Um, I think that, I think that probably is a, is a big point of friction. Yeah. I, and for women particularly, men kind of don't, they don't care. Yeah. But um, women more tend to look around and go, oh, well, I'll never be able to do that. I know when we've, the the few times I've gone to other gyms when I've been on vacation, mm-hmm. I'm kind of embarrassed to go in and I don't know anybody, I don't know yeah. what I'm doing. A uh, time or two, though, I um, went in and I there was another lady my age. Yeah. And we immediately... Like, found oh, each other like oh look you wanted me and yeah and i could lift more than she could i broke her heart like walked out like i was, was the really, I, <laughs> I was the i was the strong old lady here dick on it well you know if you're <coughs> 64 and you walk into a gym where everybody else is in their 20s and 30s yeah it feels a little different yeah and they got their booty shorts on and yeah. you know you, you got the flab hanging over the top of your Gym shorts, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. It, it's my, my goal has been to to help people build fitness over a lifetime. The idea of like, I want you to start and then never stop. So whether that's starting in your teens, mm-hmm. ideally it would be starting from the time you're born. But let's say it's in your teens or your twenties, your thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, whatever it is. Whenever you walk in, I want you to start, and I and I want you to just keep doing it. Yeah. And re- re- instead of getting out of the idea of like we're gonna do this for I'm, uh, just for six months or like whatever, you're like I'm gonna lose twenty pounds and I'll be good. I'm like, good for what? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you stop. Like, that's not an option, right? Um, and it uh, and at every kind of age group or demographic there's a little there's a different kind of struggle so obviously 20 year olds exactly. have a different struggle mm-hmm. than 30 year olds mm-hmm. I mean, when you're in 30s and you have kids it's hard as crap to find the time mm-hmm. um when you're in 40s and um <coughs> you know you're putting your kids you're driving kids, kids. you're driving kids like you don't have the time in the 50s and 60s a lot of times you're kind of like more solidified or your body like the idea of exercising to you it sounds unattractive it's like my body feels like crap i don't want to go on like yeah sore all the time it already yeah. hurts imagine what it would feel like if i exercise um and helping people kind of get over those those different um struggles so they can be something that mm-hmm. they do forever and reap the benefits of it forever um so what would kind of what would what would what would be some advice that you may kind of tell people um across kind of their lifetime and say like okay hey um, I've been through each one of those, each one of those points. You've been to through the point where you're like, yeah, I had kids, and I was driving around all the time, and mm-hmm. I struggled to kind of get it done. Like, what was some advice you'd give, kind of, to people across the spectrum of their life, to encourage them to make it happen? Um, well, something I was thinking about a minute ago was, I think some people have the misconception, particularly at a gym and particularly at a CrossFit facility, that they're going to walk in and everybody's going to look like those people that are at the games. Right. And if you walk into a a gym or CrossFit facility, you notice very quickly 
Nobody looks like that. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> so the vast majority are, we got every size, weight, shape, age, everything. So um, whatever you're seeing either on TV or social media is what gym people look like. They don't, they don't really look like that. Right. Um, they don't perform like that. So don't think you're going to be the odd person out. Um, <clears throat> and it, we all know from whether it's saving money or um, creating good nutrition and diet that the earlier you establish habit, it becomes a habit. It becomes so ingrained. It is like brushing your teeth. You don't think about it. You just do it every night, and that's the way it is. Yeah. And not doing it feels funky. So um notice that a lot with nutrition. If you if you have been doing pretty well and then you go off on the on the hamburger, French fry and Dr. Pepper bins, it tastes funky in your mouth. Yeah. You taste the fat, you can taste the sugar. Mm-hmm. You feel this it the next feel day. Terrible. Makes you feel bad. Yeah. Um so, you know, establishing those habits early is going to help the most. But um, what is it? The best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. What's the next best time today? Yeah. It, there's no reason to not try it or start it at any time. Um, I think in the this perspective comes with a little age under your belt is realizing you're going to have, and this is true in life and marriage and relationships and the gym and everything else, you're going to have times when it's humming along and it's all pretty easy and falls into place and the times that it doesn't. It doesn't mean you stop. It just means you grind on through that. It, it's that wave is going to go again. Um, that you know, d- d- hang out through those times and don't don't give up. You'd be stronger that. for it on, on the on the other on side. On the other side, and s- and if you're doing that in one part of your life, you're probably more likely to do it in multiple parts of your life. If you if you ha- if you're married and you're or in a relationship or at work and you um, throw it out too easy. Uh, the the what we call the beer can generation, curl up the beer can, throw it in the back of the truck, and go on. Yeah. Um, don't give up so easy. Yeah. So that will that will translate in other parts of your life. Um, that your perspective on what life looks like is going to change, and it's almost by decade. Yeah. What important at twenty is going to look different at thirty. It's going to look different at forty and fifty and sixty. So, um, keeping that flexibility in mind that um, your perspective is going to be a little different. (coughs) Um, Keep pushing the boundary, pushing that boundary all the time. I, I thought about how many times or how many people do you know that become that do any activity, fitness, that you're so exhausted you fall out on the floor, which is what we do. I did it today. Yeah. You know, almost every day in CrossFit, we all fall out on the floor. 
no, nobody does that. No. <laughs> that you have exerted yourself to the point where you got to just fall out. Um, after having done it a while, you realize two, three minutes later, you're right back up where you were. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but that's only because I've done it five days a week for 13 years that I can get up after five minutes and or two minutes and be recovered. Um, and that's at 64. So I, I do think <clears throat> my perspective will look a little different another 10 years down the road because there's going to be a point at my age where the curve's going to turn back down. Mm-hmm. In other words, there's I'm not going to be able to increase my deadlift in <laughs> right. <laughs> indefinitely. Yeah, right. At some point, I'll be happy to get that, that 205 back again. Right. <laughs> so I don't know if that answers the question or not, but... No, that's perfect. It's kind of rambling. No, that, that, that's that's <laughs> perfect. I, I think that uh, that's good perspective for people because it um, because sometimes it, it, we we tend to just kind of zone in on today, you know, and okay. just get through yeah. the day, and, and we don't have that perspective of like, okay, well, am I doing things today that are going to be good for me mm-hmm. in twenty, thirty years down mm-hmm. the road? So, and the, and getting those habits ingrained so they're they're. So they are truly muscle memory, second nature. Yeah, like like a savings. I have a um, something I'll tell people. Um, I'll tell my trainers this. I'll say, okay, think of how you operate from a fitness perspective and a nutrition and working out perspective. And if I asked you to change that, stop exercising, start eating bad food, how difficult that would be for you because that is how you operate. That's your habits. That's mm-hmm. just what the. The idea of switching that is like, oh, that, that would be impossible, right? That's the same I, thing mm-hmm. a lot of people struggle with to go back the other way, mm-hmm. to start yeah. training, right? Oh, so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, once those habits are ingrained, they're more difficult to um, to turn around. Mm-hmm. So it, as hard as it may seem today, it's not going to be easier in 10 years. Mm-hmm. If you're waiting until, oh, well, well, as soon as this happens, then I'll be able to do it. It's like, well, you'll be, you'll, you'll, you'll always be waiting. You'll yeah. never take any action. Yeah. And you were talking, too, about how the how exercise affects your hormones and the physiology in your body, the, uh, the nerve synapses that, that fire and all that kind of thing. If that was, if that's what you're accustomed to and have built up and that stops either abruptly or is uh, uh, wanes, you're bound to feel depression. Oh yeah, I I would think. Yeah. Because you're, you're accustomed to um, you're accustomed those chemical to those levels mm-hmm. hitting your your receptors mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Yeah. And so if you take a, um, a lot of times if you take a week off for vacation or something, mm-hmm. you know, like that first couple of days, oh, this is amazing, and then after several days of kind of not exercising, you're like, I kind of feel crappy. Yeah, I feel like I need to do something. I feel like I'm in sludge. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're sleeping in a couple of days and eating some bad food and not not moving, you're like, I don't feel good. Yeah, and it it's hard to if you've never felt good. You don't know. You don't <laughs> you know what don't the other know. perspective is mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. and that's you know again that goes back to like how do you get people to appreciate what feeling good is if they've never felt it? Yeah. That's tough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's why I, I had mentioned it. You know, if you've if you've had a 
relatively clean diet and then you binge off on that day, that's when you realize yeah. how, how bad that stuff is. Like, this feels terrible. It feels terrible. And that's how people feel all day, every mm-hmm. day for their entire lives. Mm-hmm. It sucks. Um, well, very cool, Maja. I think that's something great to kind of end on. Um, keep up the great work. We love having you here. And uh, hopefully um, some people will be inspired by kind of your story and, and some of your uh, words of encouragement. That would be wonderful. All right, NBS Fitness Radio, out. Thank you for listening to NBS Fitness Radio. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, follow us on social media, and check out our website at www.nbsfitness.net. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more NBS Fitness Radio.